Hey everyone, this episode is brought to you by Arpel Gary at Partscaster Concierge. Gary offers custom designed Partscaster style builds and bodies catering to upscale DIY builders. Concierge services are included with every project to ensure every build is perfectly tailored. Gary can assist with design concepts, electronic configurations, hardware selections, and everything in between. Now, every DIY builder is working at a different knowledge or skill level, so Gary offers these services on an as-needed basis, so he can be as involved in your build as you need him to be with help sourcing parts or even advice during your finishing or assembly phases. Gary offers flat top, contoured or edge routed bodies for bolt on necks, as well as custom pick guards, necks, pre setups and other parts and services through builders and guitar techs within Gary's ever growing network. So if you're on the hunt for a sick custom parts caster project, check out at Partscaster Concierge on social media or partscasterconcierge.com. Oh, geez, Louise, and pull my knees. We're back. Casper's yeah, looking disappointed. I, mean, I figured you'd have forgot about that. Nah, one. nah. So. I never forget about the good stuff. My name is All the Fixins Al. With me, as ever, is Crispy Seared Cut of Beef Casper. Mm. And joining us from Miami, Florida, is Real Juicy Ribeye Rick from Pure Salem Guitars. Welcome to the show, Rick. I love a, I love a, I love a good ribeye. <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> How you guys doing? Dude, I'm so stoked to have you on the show. I'm doing great. Oh, well, I'm stoked to be uh, on the show. Thank you so much for, for asking me to be on the show. It's truly an honor. Um, I really do appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Yeah, the honor is ours, man. The pleasure and honor. Yeah, it's, it's great. This... Man, this is like, I, I think I've lost the groove a little bit. Cause yeah. it's, I feel a little out of sorts, a little yeah. intimidated by the Wait, microphone. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing we got so comfy doing is now like, oh, this is, anyway. So this, this is your first comeback show since the whole fire thing happened, right? Yeah. yeah. So we did get two episodes out during the hullabaloo of the forest fires, but they were... We just we 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 told people straight up we're not going to be regular yet for a little bit. We're still up in the air here, and uh, we we are. Well, I'm st- I still technically am. I'm still homeless. Um, but well, let me regarding your regarding your home situation. How how did the fires affect? Did you lose your home in the fire? Oh, no. I didn't lose the home in the fire. What I lost the home in was it it failed. Um, our provincial government here in in British Columbia, Canada. Before you can reoccupy a dwelling after you've been evacuated for something like a forest fire, they have the emergency social services department has to go in and inspect the the home and deem it fit for reoccupation. Yeah. Um, and for our home in particular, we were living in a real rundown trailer from the seventies. It wasn't super great to begin with, <laughs> but uh, after being abandoned for a couple of months, it's real bad. Uh, rodent we we live way out of town in the mountains in the woods so animal activity is it's it's gross in there it's it would not pass and we know it won't pass so okay we're not even going to try 
Um, but my, my in-laws, they're the main house on the property. Um, they did okay. So they passed inspection. So that was good for them. So my wife and I are just, uh, hunting for something else now. So do you want to go back? Um, my wife sure, you know, that's where she's lived. Most of her life is, is out in the woods in the, in, in the mountains there. Um, I like the quiet. I, it's beautiful living that far out of town. I'm certainly tired of the commute. I'm definitely tired of the rodents. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, so I'm, 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 I'm ready. I, I've never lived anywhere that long in my life. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like, it's time to go somewhere. Right. Um, so my wife's having a harder time with relocation than I am, but it's, it's time. I think. I hope you end up somewhere that both of you are happy. Thanks. Me too. But, uh, yeah, yeah, we're back. This will be the first episode, regular episode, mm-hmm. and we're, we're, we're going, we're on. It's on every week. Here we go. Yeah. Speaking of Let's every week, what's new for you Oh, this week? Music and or guitar related. And we're going to go this month. This month. Because this we've, is, been, yeah, we've been off air. Stuff. Been, we've had a lot of stuff happen. Okay. Well, this month. Um, I was able to, you know, we're able to go back in the old property. So I'm able to like collect pedals and stuff and Mm -hmm. things that we didn't have time to evacuate with. Like your looper? Like my looper, which I still haven't tested. I'm sure it's fine. I hope so. It it was, it didn't look good when I went and collected it. I Mm -hmm. had to wear gloves and clean it and stuff. So I'm actually nervous it might not work. Is it a boss looper? Uh, RC 300. Yep. Then it'll work. Those things are. Boss, anything boss, though. I know, right? I could run it over with a tank. Shout out, shout out to boss. When uh, when nuclear fire blows up the planet, it'll be cockroaches and boss equipment. <laughs> this is cockroaches and, and boss yeah. TU twos. Yes, <laughs> hybrids of yeah. the of the two. Just <laughs> cockroach P or TU tuners. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> little TU tuners with eight legs running around. Yeah, I like it. Um, so this okay, man. There's there's a lot. Like I'm gonna try and. Keep it small, I think. Um, Please do. You talk too much. Anyway. I do. I know. <laughs> I'm uh, getting back into it, Al. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I've been <laughs> borrowing that electrical guitar company, Baritone, from Ryan at Dr. Scientist. I picked up that Harmony amp. I think mm-hmm. we talked about those last time we did have an episode. Yeah. Um, uh, could, just jumping in, is it one of those new Harmony amps that are coming out now? No. Negative. It's, it's an old one from the 70s. Um Okay. I was lucky enough to find for sale on Facebook here. It's um, just when they started doing solid state amps instead of tube ones. Oh, interesting. So I'm. Have you seen the? Have you guys seen the Harmony? Yeah, uh, all the new uh, Harmony uh, stuff looks really cool, but it's expensive. The Nam Show a few years ago, they debuted these new amps, and they were beautiful. They reminded me of the old Silvertone stuff. And they were really beautiful looking in a vintage way. Yeah. And, and then they didn't come out with them. And now I just kind of saw something on Premier Guitar. They're out uh, now. Yeah. Yeah, that they're out. I haven't seen them, but I just kind of saw like a snippet of it. And I thought, oh, finally they're out. Um, they sounded great and they looked, they just looked so nice. Yeah. That's I'd, why I was wondering I'd really like to try the new, some of the new Harmony guitars and, and the amps, but uh, they are pricey. Which is kind of weird to see Harmony stuff pricey because mm. they were always such a budget-focused budget yep. company, even though they were not bad stuff. Um, what else? What is new? Um, 
I'm sure D- I have. DHL is awesome. DHL is a, oh, DHL is the bane of my existence, man. <laughs> so, Rubato Guitars was kind enough to send me a guitar I think, neck. I think that was our last episode. Yeah, that was the last regular episode we did. It was with Rubato Guitars. Mm-hmm. That's true. And um, and Oliver's a, an Oliver's amazing guy. Oliver's a stellar dude. And yep. his, uh, we haven't talked to his dad, but his dad is obviously a stellar dude as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were kind enough to send a neck. And that neck was supposed to be here yesterday. And uh, thanks to some screw-ups on DHL, it's going to be... Not till next week. And, uh, boy, DHL is just a handful to, to deal with in general. <laughs> Every time I have something shipped by them, I just want to smack my head into a wall. It's crazy because I have nothing but good luck with them. Oh Yeah. And, you know, to jump in on the shipping thing here, as a as an owner of a guitar company, I have had terrible experiences with FedEx. The guys at the FedEx destroys more things than I don't know. It's terrible. Mm. UPS was not much better. DHL, I've never had any issues with. And I currently use the post office. And the things may not arrive on time so much anymore because of all the, the, the stuff going on in the world today. But the post office has yet to damage a guitar for me. From me. Um, yeah, the but DHL, I've 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 never had any bad luck with DHL either. Sorry I, that you- well, I mean, it's a mixed experience for me. Like they they're I will say, I'm never lacking in updates on what's happening with my package with DHL. <laughs> they sent me three emails a day the entire time. Basically, <laughs> it was way too many emails. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they don't just send an email with a link that you can just click on and see what's up. But they sent a lot of emails every day. I had a parts order from from Tata in China that traveled through time. <laughs> I see. It said that it was it had already it had left its origin like three days from now. It was dated three days in the future, and it arrived two days before it shipped. Yeah, it was just like what? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> maybe they know something we don't. Yeah, that's, I, <laughs> maybe. Um, this this okay. So just to wrap up my what's happening recently. Um, finally recovered a couple of pedals sent to us by Lauren audio that got trapped in the mailboxes, uh, and had a forest fire burn around them and the mail depot burned down around them Yep, <laughs> for two months for, and they were stuck in these mailboxes for two months and they survived. Yep. We got them and they're awesome. They are awesome. <laughs> these, these, <laughs> with the, uh, Lauren audio sent a, a Mustang for us to try out and then Casper bought himself, uh, I'm trying. I'm kind of blowing a little bit of your thing here. Yeah, it's all right. You bought Used a Corsair, and uh, they sat in the post office boxes for forever. Yep. And they live. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it was super nice to get them finally. They, and they had a building burned down beside them, and they live. Yep. So what kind of pedals? What kind of pedals? Pretty much all Lauren Audio does is drive pedals. Yeah, tasty, tasty drive gain pedals. And, gain and preamp and drive pedals, and they are delicious sounding. Um, but anyway, that's mine. How about uh, how about you, Casper? What has been up in your music and or gear life this week slash month? I f- finished and built a working prototype pedal um, of my own. Uh, I know I think I talked a little bit about what I was doing with it before. Yeah, you've brought it up on a couple of times. Yeah. Um, but I actually have a fully functioning pedal in a proper enclosure um, that works. And it was pretty pretty stoked to to be able to share that with some folks and all the people that have been helping me to learn how 
pedal circuits work and, and everything. So uh, we were messing around with it quite a bit. I've been messing around with it for days and days, and Al got a chance to play it today, and it's it's fun. It does some some neat things that I didn't expect it to, and, and uh, yeah, it was really cool. So that's kind of my biggest thing, and uh, I got another hold on, batch hold of... On, hold, mm-hmm. hold on, hold on, I need, I need to know, the, the, we need to know, the listeners, what kind of pedal did you build? Uh, I built a <laughs> MOSFET Boost um, that has a, a red red LED clipping switch in it, so you can go to hard clipping. Um, right at this, and when it's right at the top of, of the, the gain sweep and the volume's pinned out and you take the tone, the, put that that hard clipping switch in and take the tone on the guitar all the way down, um, it goes into this like really cool glitchy fuzz thing that I didn't expect. But uh, yeah, it's, that's, it's just a boost pedal that I'm, I'm super happy with. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Speaking about pedals, um, is this your first build? Because is it a hard, is that a hard pedal to build for a first time? I, I always was under the impression that fuzz pedals were like the easier pedals to build. Yeah. And I just, I went with a boost just because I, I don't even know why it wasn't a conscious decision, but it was like, I just wanted to kind of learn about um, gain and, and stuff like that in um, like a clean way. Cause I mean, and I like boost pedals, so I was like, well, let's see what we can do. And I basically did some, a bunch of research on schematics and stuff and then developed a, a schematic based on a bunch of different ones and, uh, and then like loaded it into the PCB software and then designed the PCB from, from scratch, um, which was in a, a learning curve. And I had a lot of help from, uh, Neil Graham at uh, Dr. Scientist. He could give me a a lot of pointers and a lot of late nights of chatting on, on, uh, um, Facebook messenger and using the, he sharing the schematics of the software. And it was just like hours and hours and hours of him helping me, which was really cool. So for the first pedal you build out of the box, you built your own original circuit designed boost pedal. Kind that's, of. Yeah. That's pretty amazing i built a couple of kits before like i did a i did an optic tremolo kit it was pretty cool and i did a range master kit that i gave al for his birthday i think last year mm-hmm. um and they, those are really cool um which i gotta say i can't wait to have a a new place yeah because most of my gear lives at your house yep, all most of your stuff is here yeah yeah it's driving me insane. It's I like to get to play any. all your amps are here <laughs> all your guitar most i mean all your guitars are here mm-hmm. um yeah that's okay though. They're safe here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I I went through and and I finally have a a functioning pedal that's nothing fancy, nothing special. It just it works. Um, and then um, Neil was cool when he he I guess he just recently moved a, a few towns over and was cleaning out his place and found a box full of old enclosures and stuff like that. And, he, and some of them were already, already set up, not deckled or, or labeled, but pre-drilled for a pedal he used to make called the back burner. It's a little delay pedal. Um, so I kind of did some, some work on another boost circuit, uh, kind of like a, a Keeley Katana. Um, and long story short, I had a bunch of parts laying around and everything kind of fit together to make that, pedal circuit t- um, type of circuit in in these leftover enclosures from Neil. So the PCBs are going to be here on the 22nd for that. Huzzah. Yeah. So that'll be num- Very cool. number two. I just realized I forgot a couple of things. Well, your turn is over. Oh, fair. I'm kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of Neil and Dr. Scientist, yeah, um, yeah. I'm getting 
a uh, spectrum analyzer. Ah, finally. Finally. Yeah, Neil, or uh, I visited uh, Ryan a little while back, which is when he loaned me his baritone. Well, insisted. Yeah. I got to stop visiting Ryan because every time I do, he insists I take away a guitar I can't afford. Yeah. Um, it's just such a, such a, such a braggy complaint. Hey, <laughs> oh, my friend sends me away with multi-thousand dollar instruments. Uh. Um, <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, so I, he, I'm getting one of those from him. And then, uh, I recently, this is the main thing I was supposed to bring up and I forgot. Um, I bought myself through a deal with uh, a buddy of mine named Connor. Oh, yeah. Um, kind of worked out a trade Z purchasey thing with him for a dental electro baritone. I think we talked about that last episode. Did we? Okay. Yeah. Then I'm just interrupting for no good reason. My bad. I'm used to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. What about you, Rick? What are you been up to this week slash month in music and or guitar related things that are not regular business because you own a guitar company? <laughs> uh, there's always a million things going on. Um, Kind of closing out, we were do, we're doing pre-orders for some of the new models that we are going to have coming out early next year and hopefully February, March. So kind of just pushing the pre-orders on our social media. Um, dealing with that, uh, that's that's pretty much it, actually, just the uh, the new guitar stuff coming in, and which one of them is a baritone. Uh, which our first baritone, which is kind of cool. People have been asking us for a baritone for a while. That's well, you know. Let's let's get right into it then, hey? Well, if if that's what he's got, I say we dive right into the Pierce Salem story. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Um. So, well, I'll just get traditional. You know, what's what's the origin story, Rick? How did you end up as Rick, owner of Pierce Salem Guitars? Uh well. What happened was I was working in a job for 21 years and I'm, I'm in my fifties or early fifties. And I, at the end there, I was just completely miserable, unhappy, and I knew I needed to make a change. So I went and, uh, I had this idea. I'm a lefty player and I've always loved the weird quirky guitars, but I could never never find them available in lefty. And I had my iPad with me at work and I would spend some time on the iPad looking. And I had the idea just came to me to just start a guitar company. Um, so that's what I did. I quit. I kind of quit my job and jumped in deep end into to the pool in the deep end of the water, not knowing a thing about the music retail business. And, um, I just started pure selling guitars that way. Oh. Which everybody thought, everybody thought <laughs> you you've skipped over some details, sir. <laughs> All right, so okay, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna break it down a little bit. What, okay. can can we ask what you were doing before? Or sure, you... yeah, I was a, I was a police officer. Uh, I was a police officer here in Miami uh, for 21 years, and. Uh, at the end there, I worked most of my career in Liberty City. Um, I did four different tours there, I guess you would call it. And you got to see a lot of different things working in certain parts of the town. And it just got to me. At, at the end of my career, I was really unhappy, 
depressed, suicidal. I mean, it was bad. Things were really bad. And uh, I just had enough. And I just decided to, to, I needed to make a change. And I, everybody was like, you're crazy. And in a way I kind of was, but, um, cause I walked away from the pension, you know, you had 25 years, you get your pension for life and all that stuff. And, but if I hadn't walked away, to be honest, I wouldn't be here today. I probably would have offed myself. Um, so then you yeah. weren't crazy. I mean, it was more than the right call. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was, it was. It was. Um, my wife was very supportive. God bless her. Um, and it's worked out. It's been a lot of fun. I went from dealing with just negative stuff every day um, to dealing with, you know, guys that like to talk about pedals and cables and guitar. I mean, we're, we're nerds when it comes to all this stuff. We, we could talk about, you know, how thick does the pick need to be for 20 minutes, you know? Um, so... <laughs> So I went from dealing with crap and negativity all the time and now I'm going to shows, meeting bands, you know, playing music. Um, it's just a lot of fun. It's, it's a totally, it's changed my life for the better. That sounds great, man. So, yeah. And, And if anybody's listening to this and you're in the same situation, you only have one life. You have one life. You don't want to be on your deathbed sitting there thinking, if only I had done this, or I wish I would have tried this. And you don't want to have any regrets because, you, you know, we have one life and, and we got to yeah. make the best of it. You got to. You don't get a rebate if you lived a miserable life. It's not yeah. like death's going to show up at the end and be like, you know what? You spent 40 years in an abusive relationship. Here's a coupon. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's, that's not how it's going to work. Right. You got to live your, live your best life spend, that you can. And spend your money. Enjoy yourself. Yeah. And you know, be, be, you know, be wise about it. But, you know, you can't take your money with you either, you know. And and uh, just on a, on a to touch on something else you, you talked about briefly, we've talked about this a few times on the show. But um, if you're having trouble with, with suicidal thoughts or, or if you're having, having trouble with depression, anxiety, um, that's something I've been pretty open about with my struggles with it in the past and on the show here. And. Um, there's always somebody you can reach out to. There are people who you might not even know. Somebody cares. Somebody just cares that you are struggling and they just want to help you. There's there's all sorts of, of people out there who want to help. You can reach out to us at the show. Mm-hmm. We we want to, we, you know, we'd rather you do that. We'll, we'll yeah, talk. Here. So. Same here. Send me an email. Yeah. And it's funny because when you're in the midst of, of feeling that way, you're in the forest. And you can't see the valley that's just behind the trees. And it, but it's there. If you just keep walking through the forest, you're going to get to that clearing and that opening, and you'll see that things will get better. Um, I mean, I was I was in a really bad place, and I and today I'm I'm you know that's I'm not that person anymore. So just you know people who you know we all go through our things in life just you got to stay just keep walking i guess would be you mm-hmm. know keep walking through the forest you'll 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 get out of it eventually so i'm gonna take another hard right here this is gonna be a show of just like me randomly shifting topics totally fine <laughs> um, so okay so you you leave the the police force you're diving yeah. feet head first and not even feet first you're diving head first into doing guitars you like lefties because you are a lefty. And that's, so that's a unique thing about your brand is, is every guitar, everything you make, you make in left-handed or right-handed, right? 
I do, and I actually thought as like a, as a joke to charge righties an extra dollar. <laughs> <laughs> you probably should. We've made a lot of left-handed oh, jokes. Oh, man, <laughs> like a lot of left-handed jokes. Uh, Eric, Eric Merrow, is, uh, he's a, a demo creator. Oh, yeah, Eric. You know yeah, Eric? Yeah, great guy. He's great, great. Guy. and we've, we've had him on a, at least a couple of times, yeah, at least a few twice. times. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we we spare no expenses on the jokes that we yeah. make at <laughs> poor Eric. <laughs> and it's, oh, let me tell you, as a lefty, it's brutal. You walk into a, a guitar center, you know, here, those are shops here in the United States, Guitar Center, yep. Sam Ash. <laughs> and there's 300 guitars on the wall, and there's three lefties. And it's a, it's a, it's a $3,000 Gibson, or it's, it's a, you know, some $150 starter guitar. And, and well, it's, it's, it's not, it's not the guitar center's fault that God hates you and mm. made you a <laughs> Yeah, God, God has a sense of humor. This, I know. When I went after I left the police department and I didn't have insurance or anything, God's like, Hey, now you're going to get cancer. I'm like, Oh, hey, th- <laughs> oh. oh man. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that worked out too. So. Okay, so but yeah, that, that was a that was a fine way to add a guilt trip into me making a lefty <laughs> joke. Dang. <Yeah. laughs> the lefty thing is, uh, it's hard, man, for lefty players. But I did learn something when I started. I I I ordered. I thought, you know what? I'm going to create some of these really quirky, weird designs, and I'm going to make a. I'm going to order the same amount of lefties as I will righties. And boy, did I sit on those lefty guitars for a while. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> that was a big learning experience. There's, that was one of the biggest learning experiences uh, or oops moments that I've made so far. Yeah. Would you, would you say it's even, is there even like one lefty per 10 guitar players? Or is it, is it lower than that? I would, I really wouldn't know. I mean, we do sell a lot of lefties, but not at the rate of righties. And I would, I underestimated what, one of the other mistakes I made was um, for guitar players and rock and roll and how rebellious and, and with our long hair, I don't have any hair anymore, but the long hair and the chains and the, you know, the devil horns and, you know, anarchy and all that stuff that we pretend to be and all that. When it comes to our guitars, we're very traditional and the quirky designs they just they're they're a hard sell. Um, there's a there's a group of players out there that that they like that that's their thing. But overall, everybody you know it's it's kind of like dogma in a yeah. way. I I we've again something that comes up on the show quite a bit is that as guitar players we're a finicky bunch in in the in the whole general sense of us. Um, and for the for most of guitar playing history. Uh, and I'm just electric guitar sing, playing history, we'll say, since the, you know, 50s. Um, guys don't like change. People, or girl, gals don't like change. Folks don't like change. Um, they they tend to pretty much be the same stuff that, that was made in the 50s. And anything else, is it was like a hard go of it for forever. I mean, look at Parker guitars. Those, those were amazing. <laughs> that was a struggle for right. the brand. Um, what happened? They're not around anymore. No, Ken, Ken Parker sold the company, and I think without Ken Parker's passion behind it, that was the number one thing that made the company a success. If if I were to hazard a guess, um, they lasted a few years after he sold the brand, but the the 
the usual things that happen to brands like that when they sell to a you know a bunch of um, investors. Uh, they they immediately started making budget models, cutting costs and making more traditional ish looking guitars, and you know the brand yeah. dwindled and died. Yeah, lost all um, of its appeal because you know that passion wasn't there. The people that liked Parker didn't like tradition and the traditional crowd wasn't going to embrace what Parker was because of what it had been. So all of a sudden they had no audience. I I think that, and then I'm just spitballing here. I I, I could be just, no, I think you're right though. I think you're calling it, uh, you're nailing it right because they were like an oddball type. Not, you know, the shape is unique. Uh, Like Steinberger, the headless guitars. Yeah. Uh, that's that's for a certain group, but there was a group out there that really liked them, and then when the when they sold it to the investors or whoever, they kind of turned their back on that group and you know they lost both they lost everybody. Yeah. Yep. I think when you do that, you know you, you always got to remember the pillars that you built your brand on, and you know those 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 things that built you up can be the things that knock you down if you if you stop supporting them. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what happened, you know, yeah, like I said, I think that's what happened to Parker is the people that bought Parker didn't understand what made the brand. Yeah. So anyway, Ken Parker's making arch tops now and they're really amazing. Mm. <laughs> he makes like five a year and they're crazy expensive, but they're really neat. Um, so you get into it, you learn, you learn some harsh business lessons, which, um, kudos on you for weathering those storms. That's, you know, that's not easy especially you know uh I, I guess your business model if if i were to take a guess your your model is based on you you work with a really quality factory somewhere overseas right your career or something like that yes and uh you bring them in you do all your setups and stuff here in the u.s and then you, you ship them out to your customers um right. so i'm gonna guess that uh, that first order where you ordered an equal number of lefties, uh, that would have been a sizable number of lefties you were sitting on for a while. So that's but official order. Yeah, you know, there's some guitar. It's funny you talk about. Uh, this is, I mean, what looking back, like what was I thinking? But I was, I was in such a state of mind, just so desperate to 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 move on from what I was doing that I actually started Pure Sailing Guitars off of alibaba are you familiar with that site really really yeah i'm yeah. absolutely familiar with that. that's interesting yeah so i i was I, I didn't know anybody in the industry okay and i get emails from people frequently asking me for advice and you know where are your guitars made and who who's your contact and and, and this is a very secretive industry and i tell people well here this is the guy this is where i mean i don't i don't you know, good luck. You know, I'm not car. I believe in karma. When you give, you get back. But I didn't know anybody. And I was on Alibaba and, and, you know, guitar manufacturers and there's, you know, 50 companies in China that will make your guitar. So I reached out to one and, oh, I, you know, I reached out to a few, but some were like, yeah, you got to order a thousand guitars. And I'm like, oh, I can't order a thousand guitars. Uh, but I found a company that they said, yeah, we could work with you. We could do this. We could do that. And I want, and I told him what I wanted. Yeah, we could do this. Okay. This was another, this was like the first learning lesson. You know, they'll promise you the world. Um, when I got the guitars, 
I opened them up and basically what they had sent me was firewood. Oh. Um, yeah. So I looked at this and I looked at my wife, I tell my wife like, well, this isn't good. Um, but I was able to, uh, sell them on eBay. I, at that time I was, I, I used to buy and sell stuff on eBay all the time and, um, just regular stuff like people do pedals. I wasn't, I didn't have a store or anything. I was a police officer, but, um, I had been selling and buying off eBay for a long time and I had a really high hundred percent, like I was over a thousand sales and purchases and a hundred percent rating. So I was able to sell all the guitars and I kept my hundred percent rating because I, I made sure that I detailed what was wrong with each individual guitar. And, and some of the guitars were okay in a, in a garage rock sort of way, but I sold them. I got my money back. And then I met a gentleman, um, in uh, Korea, he's in, he he's a Korean gentleman. He runs a company called Ace Pro, which is a guitar manufacturer in Asia. They're they're known in Asia. They're called Ace Pro Guitars, and he was a really nice guy. And he, like, listen, I could be your middleman for for me, for lack of a better word. And he handled our quality control with the uh, with the new factory, the very first legitimate factory that i went with and that factory was in vietnam so it's been like a progress to get to to where where we are today we've gone through uh two factories and um it, it just certain guitars like our, the first vietnam guitars from indian vena was the company those guitars don't have the ps logo on the headstock um so if you see those floating around, those are a little lesser quality than where we are now, because I've always wanted to better the quality and, and, and make things better. I'm always trying to make things better and keep things affordable. But again, I didn't know anybody in the industry and I was learning how I was going. So, so I ended up in Vietnam for a while and then had to leave there because just things weren't working out. So, yeah, that's that's a really interesting challenge, and certainly like a different adventure than uh, a lot of the people we talk to. Um, usually, the the people we talk to, like you know, we've had uh, Drew Walsh from Walsh Guitars on, mm-hmm. excellent guy, excellent guitars. But his his is kind of the exact opposite of you. He's making one guitar for one client, and and he's he's one at a time kind of a thing. So he's all his quality control is himself. Yeah. <laughs> And you're you're dealing with overseas people uh, from Miami, and then that's a really, really challenging proposition. Yeah, it was hard. Those those first guitars from uh, at factory in Yenvina, the you know the, the guitars that don't have that PS logo on the headstock. Uh, some of them were built Monday morning after a cup of coffee and ready to go, and they were built really well. And then others were thrown together at uh, quarter to five on Friday afternoon. You know, like. <laughs> And I had to spend a lot of money just getting these guitars up to up to snuff, and um, and and which led me to learn another very important lesson. Because I would get emails, and I still do all the time. People asking me for parts. Do you have any bodies? I want to build a Frankenstein guitar, or do you have you know? Do you sell? Do you have any blemishes? Do you have any blemishes? And. I had with this factory. I, I unfortunately I had blemishes, and I didn't want to sit. Um, you know, I'm new in the business. I really 
I really wasn't, I'm, I'm not really a traditional businessman to, you know, 21 years I was chasing, running after bad guys. But uh, I had blemishes. I was like, well, yeah, I got to sell this stuff. So I would tell them, I have this guitar. This is what's wrong with it. Do you want it? Yeah, because I'm not going to do it. So I would sell them. Well, that came back to bite me in the ass in a big way. Um, there's a tech on YouTube. I don't know his name, but he's, uh, he's got a, a show on YouTube that he puts a guitar on the bench and he goes through the guitar. Well, I sold the blem to a guy that the trim arm, it was like a jazz master style trim and the trim wasn't working or something was wrong with the trim. That guy had the guitar, sold it to another guy, but didn't tell the guy that there was issues with the guitar. So guess where that guitar ended up on this guy's YouTube channel. Can I, can I ask, uh, would would that have been Trogley's guitar show? I I, I don't know. I don't know the guy. It just sounds like what he does. He he gets guitars and he takes them apart and documents them, puts them together, and gives a play test. Well, the guy has a following, so so it, it, I was like, oh man, it was bad. So the the guy buys this guitar off the person I sold it to, takes it to this tech, and the guitar the guitar looked like it had been sitting in the trunk of a car without a case, been banged up. I mean, the guitar looked terrible. Worse than, you know, it cosmetically, it didn't look bad at all. It just had an issue with the trim. But when the guy got it, it, the guitar just looked like crap. So it ends up on this guy's bench. And, the, of course, the guy is just, you know, he's like, wow, this is a piece of work, and this is bad, and this and that. Okay. So I'm maybe two years into the into Pure Salem, three years into Pure Salem. Um, and I remember I got the first email. Hey, you need to go see this. It's on YouTube. And I looked at it, and I and I read the comments, and I my heart sank, and I was I was like, oh my god, this is this isn't good. So I, I responded to more some of the more common sense posters, the people that had posted comments that were more like, well, maybe you know they. Some of the comments were like, that, that you know this guitar company is a piece of shit. I, look at that's a new guitar. Like people thought it was a brand new off the wall guitar. So some of these commenters i actually responded to and i explained listen i this was a blemish i sold it this person bought it off the person da, 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 da. and somebody responded back to me and what that person said stuck with me and he said well it's your name on the headstock and i thought you know what he's absolutely right it's my name on the headstock so if I ever get a guitar that has issues that the guitar is like unplayable or it has to be routed, you know, so, which with the new factory that I've been at since leaving Indian Vena, that's never happened. But I made it a decision that I would never sell a blemished guitar or damaged. I mean, it's got a scratch or something. I'll sell it as a blem. But other than that, I wouldn't sell it. Um, I even went so far and I sent that guy who bought that guitar from that guy. I sent him a new guitar uh, from the new factory. And, uh, like, listen, man, that guitar that you have is, that's not what we're about here. This is yeah. just take on the house, um, which FedEx actually damaged on the, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. yeah. um, but anyways, that was a very, that was another learning experience. So, and there's been others, you know, as, as we go through our lives, we just, you know, we're learning, I'm learning as I go. Um, but I, I, 
I try to do things right. You know, I, I answer, I try to answer all my emails the way that my, you know, my wife jokes with me. She's like, you're writing a book. Because I'm pretty lengthy with my emails. Um, and I get so many emails and DMs. Sometimes it takes me a, a day or two to get back to people, but, uh, I, I like doing it. Um, but yeah, that, that was a big learning experience for me. But I, after that, I ended up going to a, a factory called Mir Music uh, out of South Korea. That's when I left Indian Vina. Um, things just got so bad that I, and I told uh, Hank, the guy that was my middleman, I was like, Hank, you, you, you know, I, I appreciate everything you've done for me, but your the quality's hit or miss with these guitars, and I, that's not where I need them to be top notch. And um, whatever, we, we parted ways amicably. He's a great guy, super friendly guy. Um, and then I went to Mirror Music. I met Mirror Music at the NAMM show. We had a meeting, and, and I remember I was like, God, I hope that they they take me on. And um, again, super nice people, really, really genuine people, nice people, and they did. They took me on, and we were with them for up until recently. Recently. So, yeah. Hmm. That's... Um... Yeah, that's interesting, man. Like, I, the ups and downs of business are crazy. You had to weather the the all that inventory tied up in left-handed instruments, all that all those cash reserves. That's that's a big thing to weather. The quality control issues, man, that's huge. Having to change factories multiple times, that's 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 craziness, man. That's yep. a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. It's it's yeah. it's interesting. Uh, you know, when you, when you think about it, you go, oh yeah, you know, I gotta, you know, you gotta unload this, this B stock or this stuff that's not perfect. Um, and to have it blow back on you in, in that way where you have, you know, somebody with a following gets a hold of one of these things. That's like, and to, I can't imagine what it must've been like to like go through and like see some of the comments that they, they probably weren't very kind. And, you know, oh, like, no. is like, that's gotta be just gutting not to like sit here and dwell it on it. Was. But I mean, that's a challenge, uh, right there and it kind of attests to your to your fortitude i guess that you know you kept going pushed through and and don't let something like that completely gut you and 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 discourage you you know it's that's awesome man it's a testament yeah, it to your character i i didn't sleep for a couple of days actually i just kept thinking i was like what and then, but it but that comment that that guy said it's your name on the headstock he was right i yep. and it's with me and i was like you know what i'm not i'm never going to make that mistake again and you know, we're a new company. We're we're a baby company. We launched in 2013, and I I'm starting from scratch. I knew I knew nobody. You know what I mean? I started at Alibaba, so <laughs> where we're at now, and and we just what happened now? What's the the next phase in the Pure Salem story? Is we were with Mere Music up until right before the pandemic. So right before the pandemic, Mere Music, they were upping their prices um, pretty significantly. And there was also some issues about um, production schedule and being able to get on the production schedule. And it was getting complicated with them. And I didn't want to raise my prices, which some of the companies that are with Mir Music. Mir Music's like a small factory in South Korea. They're very, very good. Uh, but they're not 
they're not like a high output volume type factory. And uh, it was hard getting on their schedule. But some of the companies that are with Mir, they've had some pretty significant price increases where you're talking about upwards of $1,000, $1,200 now for, for a guitar. And I didn't want to do that. I'm trying to keep my prices affordable. I want I want the kid that cuts grass over the summer to be able to buy one, or, or you mm-hmm. know the guy that, that works at the, the guy that plays in a band that works at the pizza shop to to be able to get one. I want them to be affordable. So right before the pandemic hit, there's a gentleman. Um, you know, America has uh, Seymour Duncan, uh, the pickup guy, and. In England, there's a gentleman named Alan Entwistle. Uh, are you guys familiar with that name? No, Ent- I'm not. I, I mean, I know John Entwistle. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, anyway, this gentleman's name is Alan, and he has a history going all the way back to the 60s with Burns Guitars, which is, you know, England's Fender. And um, he does, he's really well known for his pickups. And he does quality control for some companies, and he lives in China, Um for the majority of, of the year with his wife. He's, he's an English gentleman, but he lives in China. And I was going to go work with him and he was going to oversee the quality control for, for, for us. And then the pandemic hit and he fled and he went back home to England. Well, he's still in England. And I was waiting for him and waiting for him and waiting for him and waiting for him. And since the pandemic hit, I'm selling guitars but I'm not restocking anything. So if you go on our website today, right now, almost everything is sold out. We're low on other things. And if we were getting, if things were getting like critical, you know, condition here, red lights flashing and stuff like that. And, um, ended up, I ended up having to go somewhere else. So I ended up with a factory in Indonesia called PT Wildwood, which is where we're at now. And they're an excellent factory. I'm super happy to be there. They build, they build for ESP, Schechter, um, Michael Kelly, Washburn. Um, they're a quality factory. So we were able to get things up and running. And like the guitars that we're doing pre-orders for, those are all going to be coming in in February and March. So we're going to have a huge, it's like kind of like a new beginning in a way for Pure Salem because I've revamped the lineup. I've I've discontinued a bunch of models. I've brought to life new models and I redesigned some of the existing ones that we were, that we were keeping. Uh, we have a new headstock design, a new six in line headstock design that everybody on Instagram that we've shown it to loves it. It's uh, it's really cool. So I'm really, really excited um, for next year. The other thing is, um, since starting Pure Salem, we've basically been an online retailer. I didn't want to start approaching uh, music stores, you know, hey, you want to carry our guitars? And they're like, you know, who the hell are you? You know what I mean? It's a lot of money to invest, even though our buy-in is only six guitars. Where, you know, some of these other companies have these <clears throat> draconian buy-ins where you got to buy this many amplifiers, this many guitars, you got to, you know, you oh, guys... Yeah. I, I, you know. um, I, I, I will say that it's probably vastly changed now because this is uh, um, probably about a dozen years ago and uh, they've since been purchased by Gibson. But uh, the buy-in for Mesa Boogie 
um, in the late 2000s was crazy unfriendly. You had to have a minimum of $60,000 worth of gear on the floor at all times. Yeah, 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 that's nuts. Fender, Fender has things like you got to buy their picks, their straps, these amps that apparently don't sell, but you got to take 10 of these and then you can take these. I mean, it's like they tell you what to take. But it's expensive for a shop, for a mom and pop shop to to invest in a brand you know they're taking a chance and i didn't want to start reaching out to shops we had a few over the years that came to us hey we want to carry you but i didn't purposely go out hunting and looking to get into stores um because i wanted to build up a little bit of a following a little bit of a name brand recognition and i think we're at a point now where where we can do that um i think we have a really cool I have wonderful repeat customers. Kind of like we have like a, like a cultish following in a way, and, and I'm super grateful for that. I've met a lot of customers that become friends, that like you know, social media friends where we email or text and stuff like that. Um, but I think the time is right for we're getting the new guitars in next year, early next year. We're revamping the website. Um, you know, now's the time where I could go to a store. And actually, a few shops have have just taken us on. Um, a big store in Ireland, X Music, um, a couple in America, and uh, there's a music store in your neck of the wood, Cosmos Music. I believe Cosmos. that's uh, over in Ontario, I think. Yeah, they're huge. I mean, that place they have a Starbucks in the in the thing. But anyways, I think you know they they reached out to us. Hopefully, that works out. Um, so the plan for next year is to, to start getting into shops because I, I I want people, I know that players are hesitant to buy a guitar online, unplayed, on, you know, not being able to play it or see it. Um, we offer a no questions asked return policy, but even, you know, it's a lot of money. Even, even, you know, even though we're not in the higher realm of guitar prices, you know, 800, 900 bucks is a lot of money. And to spend that online, you know, I understand people's concern. So next year, the goal is to start proactively really reaching out to shops. And um, I know our guitars will sell. That's not, I'm not worried about that. And I I think getting them into the shops and and having more people see them. And uh, I'm expecting just really a great year next year and and the following year. I think things are going to start ramping up. Um. Another cool thing that we're doing next year is, are you guys familiar with MJT guitars? Yeah. Well, Matt and I have uh, been talking, we're going to do like a custom pure Salem shop type thing where I'm going to send him a bunch of my guitars and he's going to do his relic thing to them, age the hardware, do, you know, do all that stuff to the guitars. And, uh, we're going to create like a custom shop for pure Salem. Um, also, there's a great pick card maker named uh, Mike Quick. He owns a company called Quick Pick Cards. Our pick cards are going to be available via his shop. So he's got some really cool designs and, and, and neat stuff that you don't see. You know, besides your black and, and whites and perloids, he's got really cool, unique stuff. So, you know, little things like that are, 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 are happening as well. And those are very exciting. I'm really excited about well, that's awesome. That's kind of uh, you're fostering a community beyond just guy or person or gal or whatever. Call uh, man, 
can't talk today. You're fostering a community beyond customer purchases guitar. Yeah. Which is rad. Yeah, I I, I hope so. I'm not, well, you know, uh, I, I, I want to offer people a cool instrument at an affordable price. So, and, and I'm here, man. If there's ever any issues, they could email me. They could call me. Um, you know, I just, I, I don't even know what I, I want to say really, but just, I just want to like make the world a better place and offer something cool to it. And here's some cool guitars. Are they heirloom guitars, you know, that you're going to keep looking at keeping a glass? No, they're meant to be played. They're meant to be sweat on, you know, bled on just they're guitars, you know, it's rock and roll. Just, yeah. So, yeah. I want. I, I mean, I personally want to talk about some of these new models because I was uh, just going to bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you you already know I'm pretty in love with the the El Brujo for sure. Um, I like all the new models, but uh, you know, I obviously because uh, we talked about it. And you're 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 hooking me up with one of these things. Not I want. Well, I say hooking up, listeners. I'm not, I'm not hooking you up. I want to point out he's charging me money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But my name is on the list <laughs> for the pre-orders. Um, I'm super stoked about it. I think it's a really cool shape, and I'm excited to finally Thanks. bite the bullet on a guitar with two P90s. Um, yeah, so let's let's talk about that. Where do these uh, styles come from and stuff? Yeah. Well, the, our P, by the way, our P, our, I'm really happy with our pickups. I love I. We get a lot of compliments from our pickups. Um, <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, you know, and pickups, to, to deviate from your question for a second, you because you're, like, looking forward to the P90s. I think you're really going to like them. The whole, the pickup game is such a, that's such a hyped up thing because it's all based on a, on a sound, you know, what sounds good or not. Well, that's up to you, but, but anyways, you're, I think you're going to really like the P90s. Um, as far as the new guitar, the shapes, um, it's, you know, I get, a, I take a lot of inspiration from Vint, the, the old crazy, wacky Japanese, Italian, German guitars from the sixties, early seventies. Um, so I, I guess most of our designs come from the past in a way. And then with little tweaks that I, I do to them. <clears throat> I love it. That's yeah. like my, my biggest love, um, is weird vintage stuff. I mean, Casper has heard me jibber jabber on a hundred thousand times about old harmonies or wacky sixties Japanese import stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And that, that that's the stuff that, as a lefty, I would look at and I'd be like, God, man, I, I wish, I wish they made that in the lefty, like the silver tone, the amp in the guitar, the amp in the case guitar, the fourteen, yeah, yeah, yeah. 14, 1448? Uh, yes, that sounds right. I think, yep. Yeah. God, I love that guitar. Love yeah. that guitar. <laughs> I was happy to see them kind of, uh, they're reintroducing those things. They're, they're, they're I saw back. one I saw one locally. Well, I don't know if it was local, but I saw one for sale on the Facebook Marketplace not long ago. Yeah, you can still pick like, those up, not too, not too high prices. Yep. What, what, not I, in- what I want them to reintroduce, and they never will, is the tube amp in the guitar case. <laughs> I don't see that making a comeback. Man, did they did they have some crazy stuff back in the day? Oh, right. <laughs> oh my gosh, do you remember that era where Yamaha made wedge shaped guitar amps with 
speakers that were made of styrofoam. It was in like the late 70s. They're just bizarre amps. Nope. And that was their no. big sales pitch was that you could take a, a dart or a pencil and stick it in the speaker. <laughs> it would still work because it was styrofoam. It was oh, like, I never. Oh. <laughs> it was one of those things just like, oh, dear. And it failed horribly. <laughs> and that was. Well, because, uh, because we're, we're dogma. We're, you know, it's not a it's not a Marshall Fender, you know, whatever. Yep. Finnick well, bunch again, that doesn't that like does, change. That does sound kind of out there though. It's a styrofoam. Yeah, I, I, I like. There's you gotta, you gotta, you can get people into out there stuff, but you gotta walk them down that path one step at a time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think Yamaha just took it too far all at once. <laughs> you know, it's talking that you know that's a great segue into something uh, that I want to bring up uh, about walking people down that path. You know. I, I remember at the first, our very first NAMM show, uh, we had our guitars set up and people would come to our booth and younger guys, man, they pick up the guitar and they'd be like, wow, man, they play it. And, and a lot of people thought that we were like a boutique-ish company. And they're like, how much is this? You know, $2,000. We're like, no, it's, you know, 800. Like what? Oh my God. So the younger guys, they didn't, they just picked up the guitar and they immediately liked it or they didn't like it, whatever their, whatever their response was. But they would play the guitar. The older guys would come in. They would sit down. They grab the guitar. Oh, they're like they're they they would play it. They would like it. You know, they're they're like it. Oh man, you make these? Uh, no, I designed them. They're made uh, in Korea. Oh, and then they would put it back. Like like their whole yeah. demeanor, their whole facial thing of <laughs> it just it would be like two seconds ago you had a smile on your face. You were liking it. You were telling your buddy, "Well, this guitar kicks," and then it, you make it. No, oh, it's not made in America. Oh, well, then, then, then I guess it can't be any good if it's yeah, not made. In- I know it's it's so silly. You know, we have a company here called Godin Guitars. Most people call it pronounce it Godin. Um, ah, uh, that's how I pronounce it. So it's Godin. It's French, yeah. So it's, it is it's French. supposed to be Godin, <laughs> but uh, just Godin's fine. That's what everybody's used to hearing. Um. And, and they make phenomenal instruments and, uh, they had to start. And I mean, I don't know if this is actually why, but I I suspect it is. They they started putting made in America with parts or assembled in America from parts made in Canada. Um, and all they were doing was, you know, they had a tiny assembly factory right across the border from all their main factories (laughs) in Quebec. And they would just, you know, had some people assembling some of the guitars, in that place just so they could get them accepted by the guitar community at large, which is, yeah, that's a, I would not have done that. And, 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 and you know what, a quality guitar can be made anywhere in the world. It could be made in France, in America, in a C and anywhere in China, look at Eastman guitars. That's made in China. Those guitars are great. How, a lot of the guitars out of China are great. Guitar manufacturing today has come so, far a cnc machine is a cnc machine regardless if it's gibson factory and you want to pay an extra thousand dollars because it says gibson on the headstock it comes down to the quality of the parts and and the pride of what workmanship that go into the guitars and it it, you know just just because something is made somewhere doesn't make it better um and gibson's a perfect example of that what you're what people are paying for for a Gibson 
not that Gibson can't make a good guitar, but for the price range that they're selling a lot of their stuff, a lot of it is hit and miss. And it's because it's tradition. You're, yeah. you're, you're tradition. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately, I mean, you know, Gibson's coming off, and I don't personally think they're out of it yet. Um, they're coming off of like a decade-long, what I would call streak of, of the dark ages where just quality control has been really random. Um, customer needs are not being considered very well. And, uh, yeah, they're... Eh. <laughs> I, I certainly haven't looked at a new off-the-wall off the Gibson with a ton of, of lust in quite some time. There's been some notable exceptions. I was really, really into those uh, ES-237s that they made for one year, I think 2018 or 2019. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. I wish I'd have bought one of those. They disappeared, and uh, they've immediately started increasing in value. <laughs> Would have been a good investment. But Yeah, I I have to give my hats off to Fender. That's a company that... They, they, I mean, they, they, they rest on their laurels to a degree because, I mean, they were there at the beginning of rock and roll history. You know, they're, they're there. Buddy Holly was playing a Strat. Um, you know, Buddy Water, Telly. It's just they were there, you know, from the beginning, as was Gibson. Um, but they've also moved past that with a lot of the stuff that they, they innovate with. Um, they're constantly trying to do new things or twists on the past, whereas maybe Gibson's like, hey, we're doing the the, the 58 Les Paul uh, reissue again. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, every, every once in a while, I, I, I will give it to Fender. Every once in a while, they just put out something weird and everybody is, and, and you know, what did they, they put out something really recently that really boggled some people. Um, and I'm trying to remember what it was. Uh, oh, the Matora or Meteora? Or it was, uh, they put out a limited edition of the Tele Thin Lines. <laughs> oh, yeah. With, and the F-hole is a literal F-hole. It's the Fender Spaghetti Logo F up where you'd put, like, the tuner switch if it was a Les Paul instead of in the traditional F-hole position. And it's ugly, in my it's opinion. It's hideous. And mo the, most of the Internet's opinion seems to be like, <laughs> But... To Fender's credit, A, they didn't mess with the core model. The core model's still there. You can get it exactly the same. And B, it's just a limited it's a limited edition collector thing, whatever. I, I I'll bet thing. you. I'll bet you it plays and sounds great. It probably it's, pro it's probably it's a great be exactly the same. Yep. All you know, well, just to, to reinforce what Rick is saying about CNC machines, it's just a CNC machine thing. Yeah. Somebody deleted the traditional <laughs> F hole and inserted a spaghetti logo fender F F hole and just yeah. threw it on this, you know. <laughs> That's yeah. it. Yeah, they, they they do a lot more too. I mean, like their whole parallel universe stuff that they did. Oh, the and, paranormal series. Yeah, those, yeah. Some of the, those yeah, are I mean, and their stuff. You know, uh, it's all fun stuff. And and again, they don't yeah. they don't force it on you. They don't, they don't take their like, you know, classic. No, you know, no caster and and discontinue it in order to force this new version of it on you. They just put out some weird, wacky thing and call it a weird, wacky thing. And then if you want it, you buy it. And if not, oh, there's still a Telecaster for you. Yep. Right. Whereas, like, right. Gibson from, like, 2014 until, well, they finally up and fired uh, what's his... Noodle. Noodle. Um, Henry J. Henry J. Henry. Yeah. Um, you know... <laughs> they're, new, they're new guys. They're new guys not much better. Well, yeah. There's... 
But they're I mean, still going with uh, with like things like the Les Paul standard. You couldn't buy a Les Paul standard anymore. It was robot tuners, a brass nut. You know, specs no one wanted forced on models that were core, and it was just like uh, that's not the play. <laughs> yeah, and it, you know. I was hoping that, uh, what's his name, J.C. Curley? Yeah. The new CEO? I was hoping he'd be a real complete turnaround for Gibson and the lawsuit annoying crap Era. would go away <laughs> and they would just focus on being awesome Gibson again and put out new models and try new things. And uh, they're leaning hard into the, the lawyer and dentist thing where they're just making more and more expensive collectible things out of the custom shop. Core models yep. don't seem to have changed. They just went back to what they were before Henry J lost his mind. And uh, everybody gave him, everybody flew off the handle and, and like gave him all sorts of praise and awards. Like, yay, you're making Les Paul's normal again. It's like, that's, <laughs> why did they get an award for that? Um, and otherwise, otherwise, it's the same old thing, same lawsuits and stuff. And uh, the who meet the new boss, same as the old boss. Yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> They're they're a, when it comes to that side of the, that company, they're a, they're a sleazy company. They went after us. They did some really unethical stuff to us. Um, they just went after Mojo Hand pick uh, Mojo Hand effects over a phaser pedal. That yeah, was re- that was really recent. And Mojo Hand just changed the graphics and moved on with their it, lives. It, it changed the, the f- over font over font and the font was even a, instead of saying instead of accepting the fact that mojo hand is doing a production run of phasers listen phasers don't fly off the shelf anyways <laughs> how many phasers are mojo hand gonna sell to you know what you know what i mean i mean i wish they would sell a million but let's be realistic so instead of gibson saying look at this pedal that and promoting it promoting it look at this pedal that Mojo Hand just comes out with to honor our great uh, phaser pedal of, or, you know, the the pass, whatever the, the the pedal was based off of. I forgot the name. But instead of accepting that, accepting it and 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 lifting it up and saying, "Man, they're they're honoring Gibson by by doing this," no, let's send them a bunch of cease and desist letters, and 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 you know, treat them like they're, excuse me, treat them like criminals. Uh it's just there's they have this legal firm that works for them that has created this cottage industry by doing this kind of stuff, and it it hurts them. They're 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 you know people people are unhappy with that. Yeah, you know we had um, Adam Grimm from Satellite Amps on, mm-hmm. and uh, he he was in the right. He owned the trademark, um, and Gibson was coming after him anyway. What yeah. trademark? I know that there was some issue with Silent. What was that about? He owned the trademark for the coronet in use for a name of a guitar. Nobody ever trademarked it at and, Gibson and, Airphone. And, and the shape and everything. <laughs> he, he, so he, he revived a dead model and he yep. was, you know, brought him back in like 2014 and uh, they started getting real popular and he was doing the cool aged custom shoppy thing. Right. And, uh, and uh, at, at NAM 2017, he had people from Gibson in his booth Playing. taking pictures yep. of these guitars and stuff and seeing how popular they were. And lo and behold, two years later, bam, lawsuit. Yeah, they, they, they did that to us too. Um, 
over some stuff, which in the end amounted to nothing. They did nothing. It was a big waste of time. And nothing changed. Nothing happened. They 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 did some really, like I said, they, they just, you know, lawyers are supposed to be held to this high ethical standard. And, you know, you know what they say about lawyers, right? I mean, the what's the what's the the beginning of a great future or what's what's ten thousand dead lawyers in the bottom of the ocean something like that right you know and not all lawyers are like that of course but but i mean we had an issue where they contacted facebook had models pulled down uh from our facebook page they contacted our web hosting company had models taken several models taken down from our website so i had to contact our website hosting company and, and um, appeal it, which the hosting company was, yeah, you could appeal it here. Fill out this form. We'll let, we'll notify Gibson. Gibson will have 10 days to respond with a judge's order. If not, then your pictures will be back up. Okay. Thank you. Um, my pictures will be back up in 10 days. Cause there's not going to have a judge's order. 10 days come by. Of course, there's no judge's order. The pictures go back up. And in the end, nothing happened. It, it It's just, they use scare tactics, and it's just it's just a crappy thing to do. Yeah, I, I know with, with Adam's case, he knew if he fought it long enough, he would eventually win. And I think he was just like, he just wanted to move on with his emotional time. And, and, and yeah, I would just, I, I don't mean to cut you off. I just tell him, take me to court. Well, they did. They were. They were fighting back and forth. And, and uh, I think, yeah, I don't want to put words in Adam's mouth because we haven't talked to him for uh, Quite a this, while, yeah. The, you know, we, we were talking to him in the middle of it, and he's since uh, walked away from it, and, and he surrendered the trademark and stuff. And So I, I, we're, we're hoping to get him back on soon and, and get the full story there. But I think it was just for him. It was just like, I've got better things to do with my time and my thoughts than, <laughs> than stress that, about this. He you can, know, that, that, I'm sorry. That, and no, I'm not, what he did is what's best for him. What what I what just gets me really upset is that people have no idea how often Gibson does this kind of stuff. Yeah. And companies they don't they don't say anything. They're just like okay okay okay, and and whatever. Man, if people should call them out on it, people in our industry should call. That's how I feel. Should call them out on it. You know, like what you just did to Mojo Hand Effects was wrong. What you did to Satellite Amps was wrong you didn't he had the trademark you you know he, you're wrong he's not wrong you're wrong but nobody really says anything man they've gone after cower they've gone after echo park they've gone after a bunch of people that and then everybody just like okay you know and they yeah, let it go I think, I, I, uh... I, that bothers me man maybe because of what i did for a living beforehand i don't i i hate they're bullies yeah. and i just that just it really lights a fire in me. Yeah, I think um, you know there is a, a a pretty decent amount of support on on the internet when people are aware of it. But they're Gibson; they're always going to have that core fan base that just doesn't give a rip. You know, it's, oh, it, that's just how it's going to be. It's like like it's pretty well documented that Jimmy Page was a pedophile, and you know, basically kidnapped a teenage girl for like two years. No one cares because he's Jimmy Page. <laughs> it's it's just unfortunately there's that that aspect of people that 
I don't know how you, how do you combat that? You know, how do you combat people not caring? Yeah, I don't know. Look at Pete Townsend, right? With the child porn thing that came up a few years ago. Oh, I didn't even know about that one. Oh, you didn't know about that? Yeah, he got caught. He was making, he was doing some kind of, his, his thing was I was investigating it for some kind of story or I don't know, but it's online. You can find it. But you're right. And Gibson makes, listen, I don't have anything against Gibson, the, the, the people that work there, the regular rank and file. And, and Gibson can make a great guitar. I mean, that's without a doubt. I, but the way that the company is run, it's just, it's sad. Yeah, I, I, we'd, we'd agree with you. Yep. Casper and I have made no bones. We're, we're not fond of the, the way Gibson is run, but we are fond of the guitars. And, and the you know, there's people that work for Gibson that we just think are awesome. I'd say probably 99% of that company is totally awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but unfortunately the, uh, the lawyers, the, the C, uh, the, the people sitting around the table with the, the CEO and, uh, you know, a couple other people, um, are a little bit unscrupulous and it's too bad. You know, I would, you know, I think I don't want to get too deep into the Gibson slag party here, but, I think, you know, we all held out a little bit of hope, like, oh, they've hired Mark Agnesi from Norm for yeah. Guitars. He's going to help them, like, turn around. And then it just, like, Norm turned into this Mark. dead-eyed puppet version of himself. <laughs> Mark. <laughs> or Mark. Mark, Mark yeah. sorry. Mark Agnesi. Yeah, boy, that goes south for him. I mean, yeah. yeah. You've been warned. The play authentic thing was just a, oh, boy. Yeah. What oh, well. a, what a mess and what a tragic uh I I think he he left Norm's Rare Guitars to go to work for Gibson thinking like I get to work for one of the the greats of of guitar history and I get to be a part of this history and make a difference and and uh I boy he could not have been more wrong. But what do you do after you move your family to Nashville across the country and and you know he's got to be under some kind of a contract. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean listen he, I don't know the guy but he, he didn't have to do that the way he did it or that, or that meme that he did on his Twitter account when Fender came out with those acoustic tellies and, and which I posted on my Instagram page. Uh, Cause I, like, I'll call him out on it, but he put like a kid saying, did I step in, in, in crap, but that's not the word he used in the meme. And then on the picture of the shoe, it's got his, it's got a Fender Telecaster, that acoustic, Telecaster thing that came out with. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then it was for his telly, it was on Telly Tuesday post. And then he said, Come at me, Fender. Like, why would you do that? You know, what that says a lot about about you. Why would you do that? You know, at least here's a company that's trying to innovate or is innovating, coming out with new things. You may not like it, but to call it a piece of crap that's on the bottom of your shoe. Yeah, that guy's a clown. I, I think, well, I mean, I think Mark embodies that thing we were talking about earlier where he's one of those guys, if it if it wasn't designed in the 50s or 60s, he's... Well, it could be. You know, he's kind of out the door on it. I, I That's my hunch. <laughs> uh, I'm not justifying his behavior or anything like that, and I'm not going to tell anybody what opinion to have on any of that stuff. That's your prerogative. Um, But, I yeah, anyway... Enough about that. Let's. <laughs> yeah, right. we went down that rabbit hole. Let's... Sorry. No, it's okay. 
I knew you were, I knew it was a, a topic area you were passionate about. So I knew if it came up, we were going to talk about it. So you could edit all that stuff out, just cut and paste. Nah, we don't do that on the show. No, really, no. People, people hear our show and it's raw. Unless we have to edit something out, we don't. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the 2020 election. Um, we could talk about that. Oh, boy. Casper uh, uh, hits about. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have a sound clip on a pad here that's a beep. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So, how many how many models do you currently make right now? Cur- well, okay. Uh, you know what? I'm not e- coming out of the coming out in February. The whole new lineup. We're going to have thirteen. Wow! Wow! Yeah, that's like really like for an eight year old brand. That is really cool. Yeah, and it's hard not to do more because guitars are so cool, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yep. Dreaming and coming up with designs is probably like yeah. hard too. I I do all the time, and and I I work with a, a gentleman um, named Chris that he's on Instagram. He's a designer, and he started up this. Uh, I he's a designer, like a like a. Furniture. I mean, he does designs on like modern stuff, furniture and art. He's he's an amazing, talented guy. Um, but he started a thing called Futura Guitars, and he helps companies um, design stuff. And yeah, I know Futura. Yeah, yeah. He's done some stuff with Eastwood and and with Supra. When Supra was uh, making guitars, they stopped, I think. But he had like two models with them, and he's approached uh, Gretsch or some other companies with design ideas. But I knew Chris through, uh, we met through Instagram before he started that. And he's kind of helped me like, like I'll come to him with model ideas. Like, okay, I want this, this is the shape I want, but I want this horn shorter, this one pointier, this one. And he'll help me kind of bring my, my ideas to life. Um, so yeah, big shout out to him, but yeah, I, I have. I would love to do more, but, you know, I just, I can't keep, you know, just, you can't just do it like that. Um, financially, it's just like, I don't, I can't do it yet, but, but yeah, 13 is a pretty good number. Yeah. And it fits very well with the whole uh, church of acid rock thing you got going on. <laughs> uh, thanks. And, and I'm, and, and, I'm excited about this year. I mean, with the new revamp lineup, we're pretty much, you know, d- design wise, it's, it's going to be pretty much our own thing. Um, f- from, from here on out. So I'm, um, I'm happy about that. You know, like I said, we're, we're pretty much in, uh, in our toddler phase, I would guess as a company, you know, we're, we're not babies anymore. You know, at this point we're, we're toddlers. We got, our walking legs and we're going to start running next year. Yeah. Oh, you're That's growing, great, you're growing fast and it's good. Um, and I'm personally really looking forward to being part of the family. <laughs> I'm very excited about the, the El Brujo, man. That, that thing really turns my crank. It's got that, Thanks. that, that classic, like sixties, seventies yeah. Japanese it's got like flair with something, the carve. It's got a mix between like American offset and sixties Japanese import kookiness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I dig it too. Thank you. Yep. Everybody, everybody has really taken a liking to the new stuff. 
and our La Bruja, which we have the uh, the Brujo, which is Spanish for like a male witch. And then we have the La Bruja, which is a female witch. And um, the La Bruja is the other new one. Uh, and that one is really people, that's gotten the best response. Um, I'm, I'm just really stoked, man. People are excited. And I, and I, I know that if these guitars, when, if they get into shops, people will, people are going to gravitate to them just because they're different, you know, and they're not different in a turn off kind of way. I mean, a couple of our models are like that, like our levitation model. That's either you love it or you hate it. Um, (laughs) but, but some, but like a model, like the Brujo, for example, that's, that's a cool shape regardless. You know, there's no, like, I hate that. You may not love it, but if you walk into a music store and there's 30 strats and tellies and Les Pauls, and then you see something like that, you're gonna be like, what's that? You know, at least so it's, it's different. Our stuff is different. Um, which is what I try to do is offer something different shape wise. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, you're doing it. You know, I, I, I don't, I mean, I think of these four new shapes, like the classic creep is the only one that that even comes close to being in that territory of like, you know, love or hate kind of thing. But uh, I think it leans strongly into love. Um, yeah, so- and your first baritone design too, which oh, is, I'm, rad I'm as loving heck. it. Yeah. And I was like, is that a, an exclusively baritone shape or would that be produced as, as uh, like, would there be a, a standard? Uh, scale you know option? what? Uh, yes and no. Okay. <laughs> we, we are right now for, for um, February, March for this first run, it's just going to be the baritone, but we are going to do the body shape in, in regular 24 and three quarter scale. Nice. Yeah. I, yeah. It, and as, as far as like, like familiarity of the shape, because there is some familiar familiarity to it. Um, but it's unique enough that it like, it's, it really kind of rings for me. I, I really dig that shape. It has that like elements of, kind of quirky designs that I like because I do I do really like the this that supro shape that when they were making guitars. Um that's sorta of, sorta of, kind of similar to that. Um being with like the offset the offset horns. Um I don't know I just I, the urge is a is a it's standing out for me. Cool. I'm glad I'm glad you like it. A lot of people a lot of people have been asking us for a baritone. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did a 12 string a while back we did our levitation in a 12 string. And those all sold out. Now we're doing the, the baritone, and I'm going to bring next year as well. Later next year, we're going to we're going to reintroduce uh, some basses to the lineup. Um, we just did a post on Instagram for a bass uh, prototype that we had made, mm-hmm. and the response was really good. People were like, "Oh, that's great! You know, finally basses, finally." So, I guess business wise, that's a that's a market that we're we haven't really paid too much attention to. Sorry. Um, They're just bases. You don't have to apologize. (laughs) Poor guys. Um, (laughs) Bases and and now bass players, they're more open to crazy designs. And I mean, look at some of the bass guitar shapes that are out there. They're like really unique. Um, You you know what I mean? I, I, I see the like bass guitars are just more wild and adventurous than your, your usual six string. Yeah. You know, there's some about the, the bass as an instrument that like, 
you can be wildly adventurous with base shapes and, and, and designs, and it always kind of seems to work, and guitar is not not the case with that. You know, you can get really outlandish with guitars, and it'll look ugly. Yeah. And for some reason, like, an ugly-looking design that doesn't work on guitar somehow will work on bass. And I haven't figured that out yet. Mm. But, like, just to... I don't want to say it's ugly, because I actually like the shape. But let's let's take the Ernie Ball Bongo bass. That's a pretty controversial one. Do you know, do you know that one, Casper? No, I'm going to look it up right now, yeah. Uh, spelled exactly as you would think it is. Ernie Ball Bongo. Ernie Ball Bongo bass. Um, Googling is, it. Yeah, and that is a shape that works on that instrument. You might not like it. It's definitely not to everybody's taste. But it works on bass. If you transferred that shape to guitar... It looks ugly as heck. Okay, so... Because I've seen uh, people Photoshop it up and do it. <laughs> it doesn't listen, work. Listen, um, I don't know what you're on, but that is not a kind... Like, a, that's not an appealing shape. It's, See, that's what I'm saying. It's It's, it's a love it or hate it shape. It's, yeah, I'm not I'm saying not it's everybody's it. taste. I'm just saying it works for a base. Like some of, some of the elements are cool, like the carves, the carved shape of the sides of the like, body, but... The horns are just atrocious. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I agree with both of you. But you know what? On a basic, on a basic, it it works. Yeah, it's yeah. out there. It, yeah, not not a something I would choose. On but. a bass, it's a shape that makes people go either I love it or I hate it. On a guitar, everybody in the world hates it. Say, yeah. it, it would just be. <laughs> <laughs> but you wouldn't be like, on a guitar, it would. I think on a guitar, if you saw on a band playing it and the guitar player had that, you'd be like, that's a pretty, you know, either ugly or a lovely guitar. But on a bass player, kind of kind of in the background, you know, bass players tend to you'd be a little bit in the back. And it wouldn't even raise an eyebrow to, for me. Yeah. I mean, because I've uh, seen some wilder bodies on basses than, than that. Well, look at any, any bass Booty Collins has ever touched. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird as heck star shaped maybe octopus shaped and somehow it kind of always works it's definitely not like to everybody's taste but it works as a base yeah that guy could rock anything that's true I mean he is Bootsy Collins <laughs> so do you have a favorite of the of the new ones you're bringing in do you have a favorite one of the that's new like, one. That's like trying to like, have you, like my favorite child. Yeah, you have your favorite uh, child. You're not going to say it out loud. I do, I do have, <laughs> um, no, I don't have my favorite child. No, <laughs> no. And I was like, uh, Al, you obviously don't have children. Uh, <laughs> I do. My favorite guitar that we make is, well, it, we don't make it anymore, but I'm going to bring it back eventually. It was called the Electric End. Um, it had this, these real wild horns on it. It looked like a Rickenbacker painted by Dolly or something. It was, uh, it was a weird one, but the ones that are currently available is the levitation. That's my favorite one. That's, that's like a, it looks like a boat or like a paddle. <laughs> it's like, uh, it's like our version of the, um, that's uh, uh, yeah, that is an odd one. <laughs> Anthem, Anthem or the Vox teardrop. It's got that, it's got that. Brian Jones, uh, Ian Curtis kind of vibe going. Yeah, what was the one you you, you stopped making that you said was your favorite? Because I'm trying to Google right now. Uh, the electric electric end. I named it after a Jandek song. You know who Jandek is. I uh, I'm ashamed to say I don't. 
Oh well, man, you know what this reminds me of? This or this really reminds me of something uh, Kawhi would do, or Burns, or something like that. Yeah, it's 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 uh, based off an old '60s Japanese guitar. I think it was called by a company called Idol. But uh, when I saw it, I was like, I love that, and and it's <laughs> super comfortable, man. If you when you stand and play it, it just it fits you. It fits perfectly. You wouldn't you wouldn't think with the way that the horns go out, but it's really a comfortable guitar. Well, that's cool. I'd love to play one sometime. I'll have to look around. That's cool. And if you're into weird music, check out Jandek. I'm into Jandek. all sorts of stuff. I will. There's a, there's a great documentary on him called Jandek on Corewood. And the, the thing about this guy is he would release these records before people were like, re- back in the 70s, he started releasing these independent records. And no one knew who he was. He only had a P.O. Box uh, address. And he would release these records consistently. He's got, I don't know, 40, 50 records released. But all his stuff is detuned guitars, out-of-tuned guitars, and him singing. And there was a lot of theories about it back in the day. Like, was this a mental patient? Was this like some type (laughs) of thing? It's really creepy music. It's weird. It's not. it's, It's out there. And he actually came out recently, um, so people he's performed live now. But for years, nobody knew who he was, and that was the that was the catch. Like, who is this guy? What's the story behind it? And if you're into good documentaries, it's called Jandek on Corewood. It's fantastic. Jandek and all the all the all the album artwork <clears throat> are like. Um, photos of of houses or places he's been but they're oh, i forgot the term that's used for it, like dead space he uses dead space in his imagery or something it's just really cool really cool uh stuff out there for sure not for everybody but um but cool i dig it dude i'm uh i'm so glad we got to have you on man You're, thank you you're somebody who wanted to get on for a while and uh, I'm sad it took a while to set it up because of the, the delays of the forest fires and stuff. Um, but I'm super glad we got to do this. And oh, no, thank you so much. I'm honored. No, oh, man, it's it's, a, it's such a genuine pleasure. Casper, I'm happy that I'm sitting across from your mm-hmm. beautiful face again. You and me both, buddy. It's been a long time. And dear listeners, it's so awesome to be just jibber-jabbering and having you along with us again. This is, we're really happy to be back at this. Um, And I'm sorry that we have to cut it off. This is always the hardest part of the show, Mm -hmm. cutting it off. Cutting it off. Well, cutting cutting anything off, I would imagine, would be. (laughs) But before we cut it off, before we cut it off, if I could just say one final, two final. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, one is, if you guys are in the, you you guys, you should check out Russ Effects. You guys heard of him r-e-u-s-s effects he's uh oh my god his pedals are amazing amazing pedal pedals his name's anders super nice guy um and the other thing is anybody listening to this if you're unhappy in your job or in your life make the changes you need to make you have one life you can do it I, you know, I, I started this company. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I still don't know what I'm doing, but I'm doing it. You could do it too. Life is short. Make sure that you enjoy, you know, you live the best life you can while you're here. So 
that's it. Thank you. Yeah, well, that's awesome. That's good. Good final parting words. Well, we'll we'll be back again next week. You know, join us for the ride. Keep track of. Uh, oh, keep follow Pure Salem on Instagram. It's it's real easy at Pure Salem. Check out their website. It is one of the best websites. Thank you for having a good website to use, Rick. Honestly, I can't tell you how much it drives me insane. I, I would rather people have no website and just use their social media than have a crappy website. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have a good website, so I'm I'm grateful for that. <laughs> it's, uh, and yeah, follow us on uh, on Instagram as well at Culture Guitarist uh, or at Culture Guitarist, I think. Um, and yeah, we'd love to hear from you. So comment, like, share, subscribe, all that jazz. And we'll see you next week. Thank you.